everybody. Welcome to another episode of Say What Again, Billy podcast. The last few days here in Bronx, New York, it has been just wonderful weather. We've been having a, I guess you can say, a little bit of a heat wave. The weather has been in the 60s yesterday. It pretty much touched 70 degrees. It may have been 70 degrees in parts of New York City, but it was really nice yesterday. This is the type of weather that gets people, you know, giddy and motivated for the spring and the summer. It's really nice that we're getting this weather. I again checked the 10-day forecast like I did last week, and it looks like next week it's high 40s into the 50s, which is great. I don't want to jinx it, but I think spring has sprung a little early. And we have Easter again this year uh, pretty early. Uh, Usually it's in April, but it's a little earlier this year. And on Sunday, we lose an hour's sleep. It's the daylight savings time stuff. We lose an hour's sleep, but we gain some daylight, which is really, really good because I'm not a fan of the 5 o'clock. It's dark out or 4.30. It's not me. I don't think anyone really likes it. I think that they should actually just do away with that. There's just really no reason for it. It's just really depressing. But Sunday we gain some daylight. It's going to be dark around like 7 o'clock, 7.15, which is really awesome. Everyone is just ready for the spring, ready for the summer. And on some positive notes, it looks like the whole COVID thing, again, knocking on wood, is going in the right direction. So that is really, really good stuff. And um, I'm going to do something slightly different um, going forward with my episodes. I'm actually going to give you guys some paranormal news. I'm going to start researching some stuff that takes place in the news world of the paranormal and dropping some news clips to you right before I begin my episode. So actually last week, this is where I got the idea to do it. Baker Mayfield, the Browns quarterback, actually reported seeing a UFO on March 4, 2021. He said that him and his wife saw a ball fall from the sky towards Lake Travis. I'm not exactly sure where exactly that is. I'm going to say maybe Cleveland. He went on Twitter and asked his followers if he or um, if anyone else had seen this UFO object that he saw with his wife. So it's pretty crazy when you have a NFL quarterback experiencing a paranormal event such as a UFO sighting. And on February 28th, an American Airlines pilot reported seeing a UFO over New Mexico. Flight 2292 was en route from Cincinnati to Phoenix, Arizona. Remember Phoenix, Arizona? When the crew saw this object approximately 37,000 feet. The radio interpreter heard the pilot asking air traffic control if there was any military crafts in the airspace because that looked like a military object in the sky. So those are the two pieces of news that I got that happened within the last few weeks. Baker Mayfield saw a UFO. Flight 2292 from Cincinnati, Ohio to Phoenix, Arizona saw something in the sky. The UFO sightings are continuing. So I'm just giving you these little pieces of information. I'll drop them in from the future episodes right before I get started. But those are the two UFO paranormal news updates from the last few weeks. And now we're going to get into this episode about shadow people. So In the world of paranormal, there's a lot of evidence that paranormal investigators go and actually take with their equipment and their cameras and everything they use in an investigation. And one of the paranormal anomalies or evidence or actually types of ghosts that paranormal investigators come across is a entity known as a shadow person or shadow people. If you recall my episode about sleep paralysis, 
there is an event in the sleep paralysis that takes place where you cannot move. And one of the reported images that has been said to be seen is a shadow figure with a top hat standing in the room when the person is paralyzed and that's what they see. It's a shadow person with a top hat. Nothing else can really be seen but the full image of what appears to be a shadow of a man and this strange top hat that this certain shadow person likes to wear. It is very commonly reported during sleep paralysis that this is something that people report seeing, this certain shadow person. But in the world of paranormal, there is a lot of investigations that take place and there's different uh, evidence gathered during the investigation. Back when I first started my paranormal research group and started taking photos of sites and doing my investigations, the common thing that paranormal investigators would look for in photos was an orb. Now, the thing about orbs is it could be numerous things. With the invention of the digital camera, digital cameras take a photo and basically it takes a photo on a grid. Um, let's just say like if you ever used for school these those grid papers, it's something like that. And the image is basically taken in by the camera and sometimes the camera doesn't necessarily catch the entire image. It may leave out maybe like on a scale from 1 to 100%, it may leave out um, a small little circular part of the photo. So you get 99% of the photo, but that little piece that got left out can be missing and it just looks like a ball of light. So sometimes orbs are misinterpreted. Also, when you're in the forest or if you're on a you know, a, a investigation in a cemetery, you might get a bug of some sort. And sometimes, believe it or not, if you have the flash go off, it's pretty hard to distinguish, contrary to what other people or other investigators say, it's kind of hard to distinguish a bug on camera. You know, you have to really look at what you're looking at. It could be, um, you know, you got to look at the wings, you got to look at um, what type of bug it is. But anyway, the orbs is something that paranormal investigators would look for. I looked for in the beginning when I started my investigation group, but I don't really like the whole orb um, capture because it's just really not concrete. It just give or take what the orb looks like. Even in video, sometimes you can distinguish what a bug does and what an orb does. A lot of the shows that I watch, a lot of the common evidence on video is orbs. You could see a ball of light shoot down from the ceiling and then take a abnormal flight if it was a bug and it's not something that a bug or insect would do and a lot of investigators claim that this orb appeared out of nowhere which is actually not a bad piece of evidence if you're standing and you're filming somebody and all of a sudden you just see a ball of light appear out of nowhere and then shoot across and disappear you can kind of think that maybe that's not a bug because bugs don't commonly appear and disappear. But orbs is something that investigators would commonly look at in investigation in hopes of capturing and whatnot. There's also, of course, the um, objects moving on camera. If you have a video camera taking place uh, and you know put in place somewhere and something moves, that's a great piece of evidence. But again, you know, if you're on YouTube or you're on these shows and you're a person watching these shows or watching a YouTube channel, when you see something moving, you know, your first thing that you think, especially if you're a skeptic, is oh, someone's got a rope, someone's off frame of the camera moving something. But 
you know, if you're a dedicated paranormal investigator and you're trustworthy, you're not trying to fake these things. So if you catch this on camera, you just, you know, basically caught something moving by itself. So orbs, objects moving, and there's other things. There's faces that appear in camera, uh, not in cameras, but in windows from a camera that you take. I talked about in previous episodes, the process of matrixing. Um, matrixing is in a nutshell, again, where your brain is so used to seeing human faces that you are constantly, your brain is constantly scanning. If you're looking at something that's just a, let's say a scenery of a forest or even a wall, you know, with paint chips and stuff, your brain is just going to compute a face into that emptiness and you're going to see a face. So sometimes in paranormal investigations, um, you know, people claim to see a face of something and commonly your brain will just matrix the image. So there's a lot of things paranormal investigators look for in investigations, but sometimes in, in investigations, a group or a paranormal researcher will get very lucky in catching a shadow person. Now, shadow people are basically said to be a dark shadow that's blacker than black. So if you're in a room with the lights completely off and you have that blackness, that darkness in the room and you see something else move, the shadow person is so dark and so shadow-esque that you can actually physically see this thing move in a dark room. And they're also said to be like mischievous, like actually toy with investigators or toy with whoever they're haunting. Like, you know, you look over your shoulder and you know you had that feeling that someone was watching you. And then you look again and you just catch a glimpse of maybe an arm pass by a hallway. Or you see um, something, you know, at the corner of your eye and you look again and you could have sworn you saw it, but it's not there anymore. They're very notorious for being mischievous types of ghosts. In the movie world, um, I actually said this on a previous podcast, I have only recalled seeing shadow people on a very famous movie, Ghost, with Patrick Swayze. Um, I believe at the end of the movie, there was a scene where I guess the bad guy or the you know the villain of the film, um, it was either his body or his soul being taken away by these shadow people. And they were really um, on the floor. They weren't really full-bodied shadows like walking around. They were like on the floor, if I remember correctly. I only seen ghosts, I think, once or twice in my life, but I remember that scene because that scene actually as a kid scared me. And, um, you know, that's just something that my mom used to watch predominantly when I was around. So, you know, I kind of tuned in and watched it with her. And I just remember that scene because, you know, it did scare me. But shadow people um, are usually full images that can be seen in the darkest of rooms. And there's a lot of accounts of paranormal investigators um, catching shadow people. You'll see a video set up in a hallway and um, they just have their video camera running and there's no one in the house except the investigators and all of a sudden they see the shadow pass by um, or there's a shadow peeking out of a door. Um, I actually recently watched a video, I want to say it was on on YouTube or it could have been on Paranormal Quote on Tape or Paranormal Evidence on Tape from my favorite show on the Travel Channel. Um, there was a gentleman who claimed that his house had a shadow figure or some type of ghost. And, you know, it began with noises in his bathroom and the door opening and just random weird things happening. And he actually started to engage with this entity. He started off with 
opening the door and sitting in his living room. So try to pan this picture out for you. His bathroom is down a hallway and at the end of the hallway is the bathroom door. And on each side of the bathroom door, on the left side of the wall and the right side of the wall is two different rooms. But the bathroom is at the basic end of the hallway. And he would sit in his, I guess, living area on a couch and he'd have his phone with the selfie mode engaged and he would film the door. And he would basically say, hey, if you're in the bathroom, can you open the door? And this thing in the bathroom actually opened the door. But there is actually one account where he actually said, are you there? And had the door open and you see something peek out of the door and he caught it and he saw it through his phone and he went into the bathroom and there was no one there. And then ultimately, I think he did something to the house. I think he had someone come and like bless the house or sage the house. And ultimately this individual stayed in the house, but the shadow person ended up disappearing. Um, there's a lot of videos out there and you just have to be really cautious on what you're watching. If you watch YouTube, there are a lot of fake videos. Um, out there that can be easily staged. I had a friend, my friend Joey, who did the intro and background music for my podcast. He sent me a video yesterday of 10 things. And within the 10 things, I'd say about four of them were really worthy of saying, yeah, it could be a possibility. And the other ones were like, ah, you know, this is fake. On YouTube, there's a lot of fake stuff. So you have to be really cautious on what you're watching and what you're believing, because if you're gullible, you'll basically believe anything. But the shadow people are very common in investigations, like I said, they are very mischievous as a lot of reporters or investigators like to say, the shadow people are just mischievous people. They mess with people. There's another video that I watched on my favorite show on the Travel Channel, Paranormal Code on Tape. Um, it was in Argentina, I believe, and it was a soccer stadium that was closed for the night. And, you know, in soccer in South America, Brazil, Argentina, um, Uruguay, and in Europe, soccer is a sport that is, you know, it is taken very serious. In the United States, I would say for the most part, football is more of the popular sport, even though I like baseball. And, you know, the Europeans and, and in South America, football, soccer is basically a sport where it's taken very serious. So even when stadiums are closed down and there's no one really in it, they have security guards out throughout the night watching and just making sure that nothing gets messed up. In this particular video, there was a security guard who heard in the locker room a commotion and he went downstairs and I guess for whatever reason, the first judgment call for people nowadays is to get their phone phone out and start recording. So he had his phone going and he went down to this locker room and he saw the door banging back and forth and he was like, well, someone's in there. Now he's speaking... Um, the Argentinian language, um, you know, I, I don't really, I'm sorry, um, I don't really know what language it, it is, if it's Argentinian's particular language, but he was speaking what sounded like Spanish or, you know, the Argentinian dialect, and he was, you know, obviously scared, and they had the captions on the bottom, what he was saying, and he went into the locker room, and there was no one there, but at a very split second while he was recording, he did see or film something shoot across and it looked like a shadow person running from the left frame of the camera to the right frame of the camera. He might have caught it physically and he ultimately got scared and according to the show, he never went back there. He quit. And not for nothing, if I'm seeing a shadow person run and there's no one there, that would probably scare me. That would scare, you know, 
the bejesus out of me. To be honest with you, I'm not easily scared. I don't jump. I'm not uh, one to watch shows and jump and things like that. There are, you know, very little things I am afraid of. I don't like flying. I don't like um, certain insects, to be honest with you. Um, when I worked at the Bronx Zoo for the five years I was there, I was terrified of bees. And I had an incident where, you know, I was actually stung by a whole entire beehive or, or nest that was underground. I didn't even know they did that, but they did. And I stepped on it, cutting grass in an exhibit, and I wasn't afraid of bees anymore. But um, the larger insects, I can't, I can't do it. I'm a guy, I'll run, I'll scream, I'll yell, I'll run away. I will, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But um, if I'm on an investigation and I actually physically see um, a shadow in the room running, I'm going to be afraid because first of all, I know it's there. It's not like things are just moving. You're not smelling things. You physically seen a, a shadow. And I think that would scare me more than seeing maybe like a full bodied apparition because, you know, a shadow person it's, it's a dark entity, you know, there's really not much known about the shadow people except the fact that, you know, they're, they're, they're common, but then it's hard to film them. You know, people that catch this on film, they're lucky, um, they're mischievous. And, you know, if you're physically seeing something in a dark room, some, something that's darker than a dark room, that's enough for me to, to be afraid. And um, if I seen something on an investigation run through a room and I can't find anyone in there, I'm probably going to head out or probably get reinforcements where it's not just three or four investigators. I'll probably go in there with a bigger group. Um, they, I've never heard a story or a report of a shadow person physically taking things and moving them, picking them up. Um, those are more along the lines of other things. But this individual that I spoke about that was filming a shadow person in his bathroom, it was along the lines of an intelligent haunting. You know, he had a shadow person in his bathroom doing certain things, responding to him. Can you open the door? Can you do this? Basically peeking out the door, looking at him like, hey, you know, you're, you're asking to play. Um, I'm going to play back. You know, I'm going to look out the door and, and mess with you. You know, it, it, that was an intelligent haunting of a shadow person, you know, and that particular guy was filming a shadow person responding and being intelligent with them there's really not much else that i'm aware of that um shadow people that people don't know about shadow people it's i just there's mischievous and they are darker than dark and they appear in certain places um going back to the sleep paralysis besides from the figure with the top hat people do see other shadow people when they experience sleep paralysis um, it's not just de um, defined to that one um, description of a shadow person with the top hat. People see other shadowy figures. Now, my whole thing is, you, no one really knows what a demon, and I hate talking about demons because it's a subject that I don't really like to talk about because that's actually one of the things that scares me. I can go on an investigation and if it's just a simple ghoul, ghost, goblin, whatever, I'm not really afraid of it. When you start going into the demon stuff, it scares me because, you know, this is, I'm very, I'm not very religious, but I'm religious and I, I and acknowledge what's in the Bible. And I have a friend that's very religious and he's like, you can't do anything with demons and I wouldn't mess with any kind of investigations or ghost stuff. Um, so, you don't, no one really knows what a demon looks like you know we have these incidents and these stories about people getting possessed and what happens to them when they get possessed but does anyone know what it looked like prior to going into them and and, and taking over their body no 
No one really knows. I mean, I guess somewhere in the Bible, there may be a description of what a demon looks like. But remember, demons are basically or essentially a fallen angel. And no one really can just concretely say, yeah, this is what it looks like. Um, a lot of cases, people report when someone's possessed, their eyes go black or they're, they look like they haven't slept in days. And, you know, that's just that person that's possessed physically. But no one really knows what the demon looks like. Um, prior to going into someone and possessing them. So when the sh for me, an idea or a thought is shadow people could maybe essentially be um, demons running about, you know, and a person basically becomes possessed when I would say one of three or two things. Number one, you do something you're not supposed to do. So the telltale sign of possession stories um, or the object that people mess around with that lets them basically open the door to getting possessed is a Ouija board or doing something that's against their religion. So I've, you know, I've said this on previous episodes, you know, for Catholics and Christians, you know, you're supposed to pray to God to ask questions. If you go to psychics or you're playing with a Ouija board, asking another being, another mortal, uh, questions or you're asking a board with a little moving object that your fingers are on you're kind of being um, not you're not acknowledging the commandment of you know there shall be no other gods before me you're essentially breaking the commandment and you're opening that door for the demons and the dark side to come and would take you because you're basically going against what you're being taught by what you have your faith in so that's a telltale sign and a object that will open up Pandora's box for you to get possessed. In other instances, there is the toying or acknowledging that something's there. So demons are pretty smart. They know they can't just basically hop into you. It takes something setting it up for them to go inside of you. So like what this guy did with that shadow person in um, in his bathroom, he was actually engaging with this this thing this this shadow person this entity and you know it could have went south for him if it was in fact a demon this is just my theory about shadow people but a lot of paranormal investigators when they get called to a site there a majority of them are there because they were called there like someone in the house or someone in a facility or someone in a building is like there's weird stuff going on here. I called you here to check it out to make sure I'm not crazy. That's essentially a paranormal investigator's job. Certain groups have mediums. Certain groups have people that know how to cleanse with sage a house and stuff like that. But for the most part, paranormal investigators are like people like me who go there and try to prove that there is something paranormal going on. So a lot of investigators basically say that people really shouldn't engage in the activity. So if you have a haunted house and something is moving in your house and you wake up in the morning and you have a little glass vase on a table and the glass vase is now on the couch, I would just put it back where it was and I wouldn't think much of it. When you start engaging a haunting, you're actually just basically fueling the ghost, the entity to do things, you know, to do more things because you're engaging in it. You're like you, you see stuff going on. You're like, all right, I'm acknowledging it's here. So I'm going to start saying, are you here? You know, or can you do this? Can you do that? And when you feed into it and you acknowledge it, sometimes that's what actually gives 
ghosts, demons, and other things the fuel to keep on going and become stronger. Sometimes, in most cases, people are just skeptics still and weird things happen. And you know what? They just totally let it go and things stop. And that's, you know, sometimes, not most of the times. And then you have stories. um, I was watching a, I think it's a new series on travel. Um, I was watching, I want to see if I get the name right because I get my favorite show name wrong all the time. Um, I think it was Paranormal Witness Extreme something or uh, it's Paranormal Witness. That show is back on, but they added something to the title. I guess the um, stories are more extreme. And they had uh, a story of a pregnant woman. Um, Her husband was a trucker, so he was out for weeks on the road and she was pregnant. And she moved into a apartment that was haunted and things were happening and she really didn't engage the spirit or entity or ghost that was there but whatever was there was very violent and kept messing with her and kept messing with the kid and when the baby was born messed with the baby um which is very scary um and they also had called a priest to the apartment in this story that i was watching yesterday and the priest did a you know exorcism and it failed and the priest, I believe, called her and said it failed. I don't know how he knew. Um, they really didn't elaborate during the episode yesterday, but the priest said it failed. And right after the phone call, she claimed that things started happening. Essentially, she ended up leaving the apartment and the um, story was you know, told on this new show on the Travel Channel, Paranormal Witness, uh, Extreme Stories, something to that extent. It was on yesterday, so if you go to your Travel Channel... Um, you know, guide and look at the shows that were on yesterday from around 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock last night. You'll get the exact name. I happened to catch it last minute yesterday. I was 7.30. I was sitting on the couch doing what I normally do. And I came across, I was like, oh, a new show. Even my dad called me and was like, oh, there's this new show me and mom are watching. Are you watching? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to check it out. But um, my theory with the shadow people is it could possibly be demons. And they're running amok. They're running around. Um, you know, it's really not concrete in the bible where um god sent these fallen angels you know um he basically said from my recollection of the stories in the bible that you just can't come to heaven you know he didn't really say i'm gonna put you in hell so this is probably why there are so many things going on on the earth because there might be things walking around among us on the earth you know they're just not they're not really in hell they're just bound to earth right now um so these are just theories I have, but the shadow person or the shadow people is just something when it comes to investigations that is, to me, is a scary thing. And, you know, people do get lucky to catch it. There is actually a method that some paranormal investigators use when there are reports of shadow people. And I would love to actually try this out because not only is it a cool method, but it would be crazy to see. So basically, this guy with the bathroom shadow person, if he would have opened the door and shined a laser pointer from where he was sitting into the bathroom doorway, the laser pointer, obviously, in a pitch black room, you're going to see that red dot on the wall. So what most or some paranormal investigators are actually doing now is they have a laser pointer and they set it on where you don't have to hold the button. And the laser pointer goes into a direction of a location that's haunted, a hallway, a room. And they film. They have a camera filming right behind where the laser pointer is illuminating the beam. And I seen this once on one show. 
something went and interfered with the laser pointer. So there was the the laser pointer was in the room and the laser pointer little red dot went black, like as if something passed through it, but the laser pointer was on. It went black and then it went back on. So that's a great way of actually finding something or um, getting evidence of a shadow person or even any other ghost walking by it because like I said, a shadow person is blacker than black. If it can blot out the laser pointer, not only is it a dark, dark shadow figure in a room that's, you know, it's blacker than the room, it's darker than the darkness, it actually is a physical thing. Just imagine that. A light is shining, a red beam, a red laser, and it passes through it, which means it's a physical object. You know, people report seeing certain ghosts and they say, I've seen this white lady, a lady in white, but I could see through her. This shadow person is walking through a beam of light, blotting out the light. So it's either a physical thing for that moment in time, or it's so dark and there's so much darkness consumed with this entity that it absorbed the light through its dark body, the shadow of the shadow figure. It's pretty crazy. And that's why I actually included that on this episode to talk about that method of catching a shadow person because there could be a possibility that a shadow figure can manifest itself and actually be a physical thing for a temporary amount of time. And it also seems in most investigations, a lot of in uh, paranormal investigators say that ghosts need a energy source to manifest itself. Um, it's very common on investigations that people's batteries die, their phones die, cameras die, recording devices die. Even the EMF meters that investigators use, their battery just fries, they stop working. So it's said that ghosts need energy to manifest itself. And they also use the energy from the environment, which is an episode I'm going to do in the future. Um, but shadow people just seem to be run, running around in, in these haunted locations. They're very common. Um, I'm actually going to research um, some haunted places that have shadow people um, reported being sighted in them. But uh, very common places for these shadow people are uh, asylums or sanatoriums or old hospitals for some reason. It's just like there's so much, you know, these asylums and these sanatoriums, so much bad stuff happens there. Like these places that had tuber tuberculosis so many people died and just think about that dark energy that that's in there and you know during the early 1930s and 40s um and even earlier than that it got so bad that nurses and doctors just didn't really care about the patients at certain points they just leave them there to die and certain asylums and certain hospitals were so notorious for the way they treated their patients like badly that it's said that the people died there in like in in, a, in abundance and so many people died that it's possibly the darkness of that incident just the bad dr dramatic um things they were going through it could have just essentially had their spirit just be lost to where they died inside of the hospital inside the sanatorium the asylum um and could have became a shadow person so shadow people are something that i just wanted to talk about because it's a very um I would say on a scale of being cited in, in, you know, these investigations that people go on, it's on a scale from one to 10, it's a possibility of like a seven or eight seeing them. It's something that's become more common with investigators um, and more defined throughout the years, like shadow people, shadow people. You watch the show that I watch, um, Discovery Plus, Paranormal Evidence Caught on Tape. 
there is at least one every other episode some video evidence of a shadow person or something to that extent it's becoming more common um so i would definitely go on youtube or if you have discovery plus checking out a couple of those episodes or even finding you could probably google or youtube um soccer security guard sees shadow person and you're going to see the scene that i discuss with you guys him going into this locker room with the door opening and closing closing and he's filming and something just shoots from left to right and you could kind of make out like the torso and the arm like as it was physically running um and this guy this security guard that is now um unemployed i don't blame him did catch that on his you know video uh video camera or phone that he was using so shadow people are a thing to include into the paranormal ghost archive um almost a tobin spirit guide if you're a ghostbuster fan um you know when you go to these hauntings you just take out the book and be like yep so a shadow person let's document some information on it but it's it's becoming more common to see these things so i had to discuss that on this episode because in the recent weeks i've been seeing a lot of these reports of shadow people so that's going to do it for this episode of Say What Again, Billy. I'd like to thank the Anchor app for having the uh, giving me the opportunity to do this podcast. It has been just a unbelievable experience to do these podcasts. Even though I'm trying to get more listeners, it's very fun to give my knowledge. And I'd like to thank the Anchor app for allowing me to do that. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. It is the same um, social media ID tag. It is S-W-A-B underscore podcast and that's short for Say What Again Billy Podcast. It's on Instagram as Swab underscore podcast and on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. You can tweet me on there. You can message me on Instagram. My Instagram I am predominantly using more, putting more information and little video clips that I find on places on there. Um, If you have any recommendations for episodes or things to talk about, you can just DM me on Instagram or you message me on Twitter. And That's been another episode of Say What Again Billy podcast.